Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. I'm sure many of you have heard about the uh, revival that's taking place in Kentucky. Anybody hear about that? Okay. Well, the beauty of it in the day in which we live, you don't have to go there. You can actually see what's happening online, which I've done. I pulled up a lot of different, as much as seven hours ago, what's actually going on and taking place online. And also you can uh, see some interviews with individuals that have been there uh, during that, the last seven days for the week that it's been going on. And here are some of the things that were taking place. Um, one fellow was talking about as he was driving through the town, he can see the glory cloud, let's say, over top. Um, back in 1970, this also occurred in the same place, and the glory was there, and he said it was a strong wind that was blowing, but the cloud was just resting over the city and not moving. And as a result, of course, uh, he, he knew that it was just a solemn time. You know, it wasn't wild or anything like that. Matter of fact, another individual that was there, she said, her being a charismatic individual, she said, I just observed she was preaching and teaching in the locality there. And so she stopped by as well just to see what was going on and be a part of that. And she shared some of the thoughts that she had about what was taking place. And coming from a charismatic background, and she, she was just basically expressing to her, her thoughts about what was taking place. And that her advice was, you can stay right where you're at and you can experience for yourself what's taking place if your heart is right before God. Not that if you didn't want to, you could go, you can go online, you can look at, at it for yourself, you can go down there, if you travel down there if you want to. But you can pick it up and just see some different views of things that are being offered, you know. So... Um, actually, before I even heard all this, I was going to talk about promoting revival tonight. And look at Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Of course, the Jewish people being a nation of farmers, it was common for them to, be, to use uh, illustrations about farming because it really spoke to their hearts and they could understand what was being said. Jesus himself talked about the sower and the seed and, and so on. Well, to break up the fallow ground is talking about the heart condition of the people and what caused them to backslide and they were to look within themselves to determine what was going on within them and make some corrections that were involved in their individual lives so that uh, God can rain righteousness upon them and manifest his power, presence, and his glory. So they needed to do something on their part, which would have been to repent, maybe recognize certain things, repent, get it right with God, so that God can move in a powerful way among them. So as far as breaking up the fallow ground, it's talking about softening the heart. It's talking about 
the mind that is being renewed and, and once again established on the truth of God's word, and then also bringing forth fruit or bearing fruit unto righteousness. So when we talk about like God moving right now in these colleges, I'll tell you what, there's a need. Of course, there's a need for everywhere. But you know, some of these colleges, people are not learning the truth. But they're, of course, being the cause that it is. They're getting the truth. But we need God to infiltrate the, the colleges right now. Amen. And young people to really be educated in the things of God right now. So um, it doesn't just stay there either. I, I do believe this is for everybody. It's for all of us. You know, we're looking for a last time harvest. I believe Jesus is coming back Amen. soon. Soon he's coming back. I know you hear that all the time. But you know what? It has to happen at some point. Does it not have to happen at some point? Absolutely. Why couldn't it be soon in our lifetime? Why couldn't it be in the next year or two? But the point is, what is the two key words when it comes to Jesus coming again is to be ready for. Okay, so look at Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. The how-to as far as the breaking up the fallow ground within people's lives so they can experience a greater manifestation of the power and presence of God in their lives is found right here. If my people, we'll just read it first, shall call by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven and forgive their sin and do what? Heal their land. So now notice the first part of that. It says, if, and the word if indicates what? It's conditional. What's it based on? It's a conditional uh, statement that's being made here. If my people. In other words, for him to hear, forgive, and heal, it's conditional based on whether or not if his people would humble themselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then he would hear, he would heal, or forgive, and then he would heal. So obviously we want to look for the healing. Whether it's our individual lives, our families, our community, our nation, we want to see the manifested presence of God among us. We want the glory to manifest among us. We want to see a cloud over our facility. Not just It wasn't just a facility. It was over the whole city where the glory cloud was manifested. So the first thing is, uh, if my people, we're his people, called by his name, right? We're, we're born again, spirit-filled, blood-washed, faith-walking, tongue-talking, armor-bearing, love-practicing, devil-resisting believers, children of the living God, living epistles known and read of all men. If they will do what? Humble themselves and pray. So if God's people like us would, number one, humble ourselves. You understand something? We say, God, humble these people. But mainly, it's to humble ourselves. It's within our power and control to humble ourselves before God, to look within ourselves. And when it comes to humbling ourselves before God, notice this here in Psalm 66 and verse 18. Notice what it says. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Don't we want him to hear? Wasn't the first thing he said, if we would humble ourselves and pray, he would, what? Hear. Hear from heaven. Forgive our sin, heal our land. So we want him to hear. So if we want him to hear, we have to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face. Right? Those are the conditions. So if he won't hear, if there's, what, iniquity within the heart that's harbored there, that's, you know, lodging itself there, well, then he's not going to hear. He chooses, like we could say it that way, not to hear. So we humble ourselves before him, knowing he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And I do believe this one thing emphasized is so important, is that pride is the number one thing that we all have to deal with. Pride. Pride brought down Lucifer. Pride brought down Adam and Eve. And pride will bring down any person in, in, in their walk with God. It's not about us, it's about him. 
So humble ourselves. Make a decision that I am going to, let's say, examine my heart and determine whether or not there is any type of pride or arrogance in thinking that I can do anything on my own. You know, without him, we are nothing, have nothing, know nothing, can do nothing, and we should live by that standard. Without him, if he just takes his breath away from you, we're gone. There's no room for pride, but pride is our big enemy. It's our big sin. It's the big problem. So pride is important that we deal with. So if we really want to promote a revival in ourselves, in our lives individually and collectively as a church body, the first thing to deal with is ourselves. Any form of pride whatsoever, then we need to confess that before God and also before others and take responsibility for condition, our own personal condition. You know, we're not going to blame somebody else for what I'm going through. I'm not going to blame anybody else for my condition. I've got to take responsibility for who I am for myself and just get it before the throne of God. So if we just stop right there and just said, let's get on our faces before God and say, if you see an ounce of pride within me, expose it, bring it to light. Let me know whatever it might be. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So we want to deal with that. Uh, Secondly, under point three there, pray, pray. Prayer is the means through which God's will is accomplished in people's lives. Prayer is connecting with God. Prayer gives place to his working in the earth. And why is it that way? It's his way. It's his way. He said to do this praying. Who do we pray for? What do we pray about? Pray for a move of God in my own individual life. Stir me up, praise God. You know, it's easy to become lethargic spiritually, apathetic spiritually, and just complacent spiritually. Man, stir me up. We don't want God just to move to move. I want changed. I want him to take me. I want him to make me. I want him to mold me. I want him to challenge me. I want him to make me look within myself and just say, why am I where I'm at? And why am I not further down the road with him? What's holding that back individually, in family, and like I said, the church, uh, collected our community, whatever. But pray. Pray for yourself. Open up my eyes that I can see the fullness of what you've done for me. I don't want to be blinded to that. I want the fullness of what you've done for me in my life because I want to appreciate it. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your children. Pray for your family members. Why? Because we don't want one to be lost, but all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Pray for your community. Pray for your nation. Pray for the world. World evangelism. Praise God. And if we think we're ineffective by doing that, we're wrong. I do believe we have a voice of authority in the earth. We can bind. We can loose. We can close the door to access of of demonic influences and powers. We've got to believe that way. God's moving right now. It's not tomorrow he's moving. He's moving right now. We've been talking about this. He's moving right now. The thing is, are we getting in or are we getting out? Are we getting in or getting run over? The next thing is to seek my face. Revival is the fruit. It's the fruit of the pursuit of Almighty God. That's what it is. I am pursuing you with ardent zeal. I'm going after you with every fiber of my being. That's what David meant when he said, Lord, my soul thirsts for you and longs, my flesh longs for you as in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see your power. I want to see you. And that's what I'm talking about even coming to church. You know what? I don't know if you've sensed this has been happening among us. We want God. We desire 
His presence, His glory. Playing church is over. We gather here right now. If all we do is just have, a, you know, what we have among ourselves, okay, we're together. But I'll tell you what, I want the glory. I want the presence, the divine presence of Almighty God manifested among us in this place. And whatever it takes to accomplish and achieve that, then submit ourselves to it. To seek His face means His presence. It means intimacy with Him. It means we come through those doors and if need be, we just change everything about our attitude, our demeanor, our desire. You know, we can have all kinds of fellowship outside. We can have our coffee and donuts in the back and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when we walk through those doors, you've heard me say this numerous times. That's why I'm opposed to bringing all kinds of stuff in the sanctuary. We're just going to have a, you know, a, a, some coffee and donuts in the sanctuary or some popcorn and chips. And, and I just don't get that. I want to reverence God. I want him to know that we know he is a holy God. And we want it to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how's it being done in heaven? Holy. Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hi, you're lifted up. Your train fills the temple. The angels are crying holy. The elders are bowing down. There's harps and golden vows full of orders, which are the prayers of saints. The four and 20 elders, I mean, think about it. That's what's happening in glory in heaven right now. So we want it done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to sit at the feet of Jesus. We want to glean light from his word. We want to hear what he has to say to our hearts and minds. Not just sing songs just to sing songs, but songs that speak to our hearts and lives. We want to worship. We want to talk to the Lord. We want to hear verses of scripture like tonight that will absolutely revolutionize us from day to day. And then we want to desire God. We want to let him know we want you more than anything else. So once again, we put our, you know what, when you play sports, you put on your game face. You know those pep talks that take place in locker rooms at halftime and all that, when you're, especially when you're losing? Mm-hmm. And that coach comes along and just stirs up your heart, just stir, encourages you beyond words. It penetrates their very souls and they get ignited. Something ignites from within. And it seems like the team comes out as a different team than the first half. Why? Adrenaline got flowing. Do you desire him more than anything else? Look at Psalm 28 and verse 13. Next, turn from our wicked ways. That could be secret sins. That could be sins of omission, sins of commission. Turn from it. You know, there's nothing wrong with you, Lord. If there's anything that needs to change, it has to be in me. So look at this. He that covers his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever, whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You want the mercy of God? We want the mercy of God to be here upon us, praise God. So sins of omission, uh, ingratitude, some of the things that we don't even think about, ingratitude. How grateful, how thankful are we are, are we for what he's done for us? How thankful are we? Great. I mean, talking about real gratitude. Not just, if someone ever gave you a gift and you just say, oh, thanks, appreciate that, and kind of walk away, and they're like, I ran over the world to find that gift for you and walk away like it was nothing. What he did for us amounts to everything. 
and it should drive us to our knees on a daily basis. Oh, thank you for delivering me from the lake of fire. Thank you for delivering me from the worm that never dies in a fire that's never quenched. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Whether it's ingratitude and neglect for prayer, these are sins of omission. Maybe I haven't done this right or I haven't been in my Bible, the Word. Maybe I haven't had much concern for other people, for the lost in particular, lead them to Christ and, you know, this desire for souls. Revival, that's what it means. To revive what? To bring this back to light in our lives once again, that once again we're on fire for God like we were when we first came to Christ. And we've got a joy unspeakable that's full of glory. Here we are, ready, we're ignited on fire. Praise God for God, looking for Him to manifest Himself through our lives, everywhere we go. And then even some sins of commission, which we can include uh, pride, as I said, being the first one. Pride, there's pride, there's being worldly-minded, thinking the way the world thinks, slander, uh, not crucifying the flesh like we should, behaviors that needs to be corrected, conduct, character, conversation, speech, and all that. In other words, just throw it all out. Lay it out on the, on the line. Get before the throne, put it before the cross, and Lord... I'm here to position myself so that we can have a revival individually in my life and also here, maybe in my family, also here in our church setting. We want you. We want your glory, your presence, your fire, everything you are to ignite every one of us. Every single one of us. That's what it's all about. And that's what he's looking for in all of us. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I'm here to join forces with the living God. I'm here to be changed from glory to glory by his spirit. And I'm looking within myself. Don't look to somebody else and don't blame somebody else and don't blame circumstances. But look within yourself and just declare it before the Lord in all humility of heart. And just say, you know what? I'm taking full responsibility for the condition of my life. So if you wouldn't mind tonight as we begin from the onset, as we begin just to minister, what's going on over there? I'll tell you what, I've watched a lot of this on, on, online. They're just sitting in a church like this here with balconies and all that. And, well, actually, it's this good college, probably the chapel, you know. And some are just, just sitting there. Some are just talking. Some are just singing. Uh, one's playing a guitar without any amplification whatsoever. And basically, she's just sitting in the presence of God. That's it. Nobody performing anything of that nature. Just sitting in the presence of God. Praise God. That's all. God, and letting Him know, we want you. We're not satisfied. We want you. That's what we want. Someone might sing a song. Nothing scripted whatsoever. We just want you. Search our hearts and try our reins. We want you. So move.